everyone, and welcome to the show. This is episode number 82 of Pop Culturally Deprived, and today we're going to be talking about Top Gun on your tower. This is Ghost Rider requesting a flyby podcast. I'm Andy Kay. And I'm Matthew Vose. We didn't put anything in to remind people to do this week, did we? I actually wanted to script a thing about Google Podcasts, and I completely forgot Okay, I wanted to do that. <laughs> Guys, go Google Google Podcasts. <laughs> in fact, everyone be real quiet. Hey, Google. Google Google Podcasts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that'll work. <laughs> um, it would work on a Google Home device. But it would not work on a phone because on a phone you have to say "Okay, Google." But on a home device, you can say "Hey, Google," and I just triggered my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, first, okay, yeah. If we if we're going to uh, ask people to do something, I want to ask everyone to enjoy this show. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I can't come up with anything on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be fun to be fun it can just be informational which is what i was going for but i was going to script it because you and i always do this when we don't script it <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey enjoy this bit of waffle we're going to yes. talk about a movie in about this 10 minutes <laughs> bit of waffle that's going to get cut out mm. Mm. am i doing this is, one if i'm doing it, this one, it's getting cut out yeah <laughs> absolutely uh top gun top gun seminal 80s classic so it is. This is uh, so. When people ask me about the show, uh, and like, oh, you do a podcast. Hey, what's the podcast about? I say, you know, you know, I've got a friend. She's never watched movies. We watched blah 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 blah. And I explain the setup for it. But then I go into a. But when I'm talking about like classic films, I'm talking Die Hard, Ghostbusters, The Godfather, uh, a few ones. I have a, a few that I rattle off. That everyone goes, wow, she's not seen. Wow, she's not seen. This might be the most wow she's not seen of all films. Yeah, it really kind of is. Um, <laughs> How come you've never seen Top Gun? Well, anybody who's, you know, watched, not watched, anybody who's listened to this show from the beginning understands that the 1980s film industry is a black hole in my pop cultural education. <laughs> like, if it was out in the 80s, I just didn't watch it because it was old and it, I just didn't care. And then it was also about fighter jets. And... Past me did not care about things from the 80s or about things that had fighter jets in them. This is in some ways talked about as like an ultimate guy movie. But it's not. I mean, it's not. <laughs> We're going to get into that in a bit. Um, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I guess I can understand that. I mean, there are so, so many people who like reference Top Gun or think it's so cool to, you know, wear the aviators and like dress up in the flight suit for Halloween and, and stuff like that. So it's definitely kind of a dude bro movie. Yeah. Or at least it, you have the perception that it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is about guys liking guys. Anyway, no, we're going to get into it. <laughs> we're going to get into it. If you are not aware, Top Gun is a 1986 movie directed by Tony Scott, brother of Ridley Scott. Starring Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, and Val Kilmer, the film was the highest-earning movie of that year, with a box office gross of $356 million against a $15 million budget. It still only narrowly beat Crocodile Dundee. Top Gun won an Academy Award for Best Original Song for Berlin's Take My Breath Away, and in 2015 was selected for the Library of Congress for Preservation in the National Film Registry. As a side note... Researching this and looking at box office takings and so on. 1986 appears to be the most 80s year of the 80s. 
So it, they had the release of Aliens, Crocodile Dundee, The Golden Child, Stand By Me, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, there were sequels for Rocky, The Karate Kid, Police Academy, and Star Trek. Uh, Heather Locklear married Tommy Lee, and Alf and L.A. Law both debuted on television. That is very 80s. Yeah, every other year of the 80s, like the years before that, you can kind of say, okay, we're moving out of this sort of 70s period, but we've still got a bit of the kind of grittiness of uh, trying to tell real stories. Then after this, you start getting into slightly more modern films. You know, only a couple of years later, you get Die Hard and things that still stand up a bit more. But this is such in the 80s aesthetic. (laughs) So should I tell you that I've never seen Crocodile Dundee? I've never heard of The Golden Child. (laughs) <laughs> and I've also never seen Rocky or Police Academy. Okay. Could we do a show where we watch all the Police Academies? <laughs> How many are there? At once. There is at least seven. Oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Wow. There, mm. I had no idea. Like, I think I knew there were like two. Yeah. I think they do the thing of midway through, there's a new class coming through, so they get more like, uh, characters who recur a bit. Mm. I want to say number seven even has Ron Perlman in it, because I think number seven is Mission to Moscow. <laughs> I think he plays a Russian. Anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about. Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun. Uh, Mandy, do you want to give us a brief synopsis? Well, I'm going to tell you what IMDb says about this movie, and then... We'll go from there. (laughs) (laughs) IMDb says, as students at the United States Navy's elite fighter weapons school compete to be best in the class, one daring young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. So for them, the plot is the Top Gun trophy and the romance. Yes. That for them is that these are the things you'll take away from this film. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm i not sure exactly what I take away from this film, to tell you <laughs> the truth. We're going to get into that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, how were you able to watch it? Um, sadly, as an iconic American film, it is only available to rent on Amazon. Oh. Uh, over here, because of the release of Mission Impossible 6, Fallout, uh, the one with Henry Cavill's moustache, um it <laughs> sky cinema now have a tom cruise channel so it's available on sky cinema nice mm. okay uh tony scott as director tom cruise as the star this is our first tom cruise film it is i i was surprised i was sure we'd done one or two of his before but no this is our first tom cruise film uh what's your experience of the two of them before um tony scott i have seen enemy of the state although i don't remember anything about it except it had will smith and a teeny tiny seth green cameo okay and uh, Deja Vu was a fantastic movie. Okay. I really liked Denzel Washington, so that's okay. why. Well, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise, it turns out I actually love Tom Cruise movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I do dislike him as a person because of the whole Scientology thing, but I've never seen a Tom Cruise movie that I didn't enjoy. Side note, I refuse to watch the Mummy reboot so that that streak doesn't end. <laughs> um, I have seen A Few Good Men, Interview with a Vampire, Mission Impossible 1 and 2, Jerry Maguire, Minority Report, and Jack Reacher, which are a lot less than I thought. I thought I had seen way more Tom Cruise movies than that. Okay. Yeah. But we have several on the list already. 
Mm. Yeah, we were going to do Edge of Tomorrow at some point. So I think that's the yes. next one we'll probably hit. Um, I've watched a couple of his uh, sort of different films this year. Um, I've seen Bagnolia and Interview with a Vampire, which I hadn't seen before. Oh, okay. okay. I, I have watched one other ton- Tony Scott film this year that I actually ended up watching twice because I enjoyed it so much I made my wife watch it. Uh, a film called Unstoppable, which is about a train that gets a runaway train that's like quarter of a mile long. And like people trying to stop this train that's running, running away through Virginia, I think. Huh. And I was watching this going, this is ridiculous. A train does not just run away. This is ridiculous. No, it's based on a true story. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with this movie. Yeah. Uh, Denzel Washington and, and okay. Chris Pine. It was quite good fun. Again, a very orange filter over everything. Right. Uh, a very kinetic camera. You know, the, the, the shots never stop. Oh, tell you who else was in it. Um, Mimi. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. I need to watch this movie. Yeah, it was surprisingly very good. So I want to shout that out as like, okay. that was quite good fun. Okay. It's kind of hard to find films like this. There was definitely a thing, um, I think, sort of post-war, or certainly during the wartime era as well, films about um, pilots and and people going up in planes and shooting and dogfighting and the the struggles they go through. But it's not really a genre that's continued, and certainly there's nothing I could compare it to that I think you might have seen. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost surprisingly. Yeah, I actually, I did a Google search, show me movies that are similar to Top Gun. Mm. <laughs> and um, people were having a struggle with that too. The, um, I think the answer that came up most often was Days of Thunder because it's just another okay. similar, in like in the same spirit kind of movie. It's not about fighter jets, but it's still mm. about Tom Cruise doing this wacky thing that's sporty, dangerous. <laughs> um, I've not seen Days of Thunder, by the way. Um, and then people started trying to say well okay it's about soldiers so let's look at these other soldier movies and i saw somebody mention good morning vietnam and i'm like no this movie is not yeah, similar no. to good morning vietnam no. <laughs> so i think that top gun is in a class of its own it stands alone yeah i'll, I'll tell you what it, it does make me think of if i had to say there's a modern equivalent of this film it's the fast and the furious series okay high octane Set pieces, but about people struggling with their own personalities and conflicts and so on. But I'm not sure you've seen them. I've seen the first one. Okay. I don't remember anything about it, but I've seen the first one. Yeah. In in terms of uh, sort of style and the the sort of people I would recommend it to, this film is an early Fast and the Furious. Okay. Okay. Um, Right. Top Gun, having now seen it, did you enjoy it? I actually did. Um... This movie is utterly ridiculous, but it's ridiculous fun. So. Okay. Um, there was a comment on Facebook from Kenneth who said, Never seen Top Gun. Does it hold up? Is it worth watching for the first time today? So I think that's our starting question for you. If you like to laugh at things, <laughs> sure. I mean, because honestly, it really I don't really think it holds up as a good movie because hmm. it's just so over the top and so ridiculous. And it relies very heavily on 80s music to be enjoyable. <laughs> Which, hey, if you love 80s music, then that's a fantastic thing. It's a fantastic soundtrack. I just, I can't imagine this movie being made today with the same undertones and the same mm-hmm. pro-military, let's just fight people thing. 
Okay. Yeah, C words are hard. Okay. Uh, it sounds like you would say this is still an entertaining film, so maybe it holds up in those terms. But Yeah, it was entertaining. I mean, I guess where I'm struggling is that I enjoyed it and I had to watch it. And, and I'm not sure that I would suggest anybody choose to watch it just for fun. Mm. I mean, I had to watch it and luckily I enjoyed it, but I, I don't think I would recommend... Hey, we need to watch a fun movie. Let's watch Top Gun. <laughs> uh, how I make a joke about this film that it's kind of ripping off Star Wars. That, you know, that Star Wars, certainly that original trilogy, has some really good bits of dogfighting in spaceships, flying around, right. shooting each other, lining up mm -hmm. shots, and so on. And that's that's quite good fun. Uh, this film basically takes that idea and sets it in a modern military. Um, very much so. Like, there's some stuff that's really almost ripped off from them. <laughs> How does it compare to them? Is it that the sundry story around it is just not as strong? The world that they built around that, that concept of the story? I think, honestly, I think that the story was fine. It was the cinematography that hmm. messed me up on those scenes. Because... I don't know anything about fighter jets and I can't look at a fighter jet and tell you what kind it is. Mm. And I had a what? really hard time <laughs> following the fights. I didn't know who was who. Right. All I saw were all these fighter jets on the screen. And to me, they all looked the same. They clearly weren't because Joseph's son walked into the room and he was like, a MIG would totally be able to outfly that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. You know what you're looking at, but I don't. <laughs> And and so like the the actual f like fighter jet fights were kind of boring to me just because I couldn't follow them. Mm. And I I know that I've seen other movies where they do things like that where I've been able to follow exactly because they've you know they've made one a very specific different color or the design is very clearly different that you can tell them apart. Yeah, X-wings and tie fighters are very obvious which is which. Yes. Mm. Um, and, and so that, th I didn't really care about the fighting part. It was the rest of the story and what Maverick was going through and that sort of thing that was okay. interesting to me. Okay, so let's drop the action as an idea then. Does the story hold up? Even if someone doesn't like that sort of bro set piece action film thing, is the rest of it still good enough? Has it again been surpassed by what they do on things like Fast and Furious? Some yes and some no. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, it it was a nice story about personal growth. You know, I mean, it was, it was what it was. It was, honestly, the story part was almost like a Disney Channel original movie story. Okay. It's just had sex in it and lots of testosterone. Mm. Because, I mean, that's what it was about. It was about Maverick growing as a person. It wasn't really about the romance it wasn't about the competition. It was about him dealing with his father's death, dealing with his own bravado, and then figuring out how to be the best that he could be after Goose died. Right. And, I mean, come on. Those three acts are straight out of a Disney Channel movie. So <laughs> Okay. Can I do something a little different? I'd like to give my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, which I do when I particularly love a film, but generally it's a lot of like, oh, let's get, let's dig into it and get into the detail. I think this film is kind of trash. Um, I think the plot is not very well done. I think the whole thing with his father is 
either a complete waste or completely redundant. Because I'm not sure what impact it actually has on top of the death of Goose. And I sort of understand the death of Goose in a plotting con plotting way, so that works. But the fact that his turnaround at the end is he is told what happened because his father was a hero and died, but it was all covered up. And that seems to set him straight mm -hmm. um, and make him a happy person. And even that, like, Viper shouldn't even be talking to him, let alone disclosing classified information. So... Not totally sure about that one. Is it kind of like, oh, we're all rule breakers together, so we're all okay in this little club? Um, I know everyone goes on about the volleyball scene, and we will talk about that in a bit, but it's almost as out of place as those, you know, when you see a really weird, like, sinister film. Oh, what was that AI one with Oscar Isaac? Ex Machina has a really strange oh. dance scene in, in the middle that's really uh, sinister. And, and even, like, Sunset Boulevard has scenes like that. Um it's got that sort of vibe to it. Like, this is weirdly out of place. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be taking from this. So I, I don't think the film holds up for me. Okay. You are much clearer and confident in your opinions on that than I was. So okay. <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, I completely, I do agree with you. And I think there were several scenes that, that fall into that category mm. of unnecessary random weirdness but what we do on this show is we don't sit here and have a go at a film right we we try to understand the good qualities of it and discuss it and debate it even if we don't like it there is usually some debate to be had um and my my worry coming into this was that there was not debate to be had because the film is so on the nose lacking in nuance uh what it it, it does not give you any subtlety it shows you everything you want to know Right. Which in, in some ways, like if we're going to judge the film on those terms, it succeeds. It is a good popcorn thriller. You know, it gets you through a couple of hours. That's fine. But we want to discuss it. So we got loads of feedback from lots of different people. And I want to use that as the frame of our conversation. Rather than just me going, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's kick off with a bit of that. Um, the emotional aspects, the plotting of it. Um, two. Uh, Fairly personal comments. We had one from Dr. Kelly Jones, who said, I saw Top Gun in the theatre when I was young and remember it being the first movie to make me cry the big cry. What was your emotional reaction to the movie? Um, and for her, it's about one of the best lines ever. Take me to bed or lose me forever. There's also some fighter planes. We are supposed to take away the fact that the death of a friend breaks our hearts no matter how badass we are. We also had a comment from Brandon at Shoe Size 38 uh, who said that this movie rips my guts out. Having lost a boss in a military helicopter crash, I can't w watch it the same again. Um, our crash's survivor had to go through a hearing. Whilst they kind of speed through that in the movie, it had to be the most horrible thing ever. Watching it from the sidelines here was bad enough. The tremendous amount of guilt that Maverick must have gone through, Iceman 2. Maybe Tom Cruise didn't do a great job carrying it that as an actor, but it's all I think about. So it does resonate for people who certainly see that, uh, this sort of situation and this environment, and for people who are invested in the characters, so I can see that. So for you, did you have an emotional reaction to this film? I feel like the worst person ever, because oh. I didn't. Not at all. You don't have to at all. <laughs> the beauty of cinema is it works differently for different people. Yeah. I yeah. mean, in my thoughts, Doc, I made a note. I know I'm supposed to be upset here, but I'm not because I wasn't emotionally invested in the characters. I, I'm not sure that I was ever emotionally invested in any of the characters, um, even by the end. So I really had no emotional response. Yeah. And I think for me, 
exactly like Brandon says, they speed through the trial. And the fact there could be repercussions from this plane going down. But the focus is the fact Maverick has lost his head. And and it isn't up to the job of fighting. Yeah. Like if I ha- if I have to talk about the qualities of this, I like the bravado of the pilots. I th- I think this is supposed to be a thing that guys who are going up to do this very dangerous, very complex thing, th- but that needs high reactions, high levels of focus, and high level of confidence. I think that comes across in the way they're all portrayed. They're all kind of asses, mm-hmm. but you almost would expect that from people in that situation. Yeah. So losing his head and losing that confidence, I I can take it. But yeah, they don't really focus and say, oh, this is actually an emotional thing. I mean, they they even let him off the hook with Meg Ryan. It's like, oh, he he loved flying with you. It's all he ever wanted to do. So he died doing it. He died doing what he's loved. It's great. Yeah. It was... (laughs) It just... I, I felt like it wasn't well done. They didn't really articulate his emotional response because it did end up being more about the Navy than it did about him losing his friend. Mm. Yeah. And and like I say, the, the turnaround seems to be, he finds out his father was actually a good man and always a hero. So it doesn't resolve his own thing about having been in a bad situation. Right. So the other side of the film, um, in, in reaching out for this feedback, I did ask people what the film is about for them and what we should take away from the film. Uh, and we got lots of comments along a similar sort of uh, vibe. <laughs> so um, my friend Awana, uh, to me, the film seems just a ridiculously idealized image of the American Navy, I suppose, and its missions and its officers. It's just hard to watch without gasping and, oh, come on, every two minutes. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Swenson asked us a couple of questions. How do you feel about the protagonist fighting unspecified hostiles with no nationality, especially in the rah-rah USA 80s? Does that say anything, or is it just a Hollywood convenience? And at Not Sailing Alone, last time I watched the movie, I thought, actually, Iceman is being quite sensible. Won't someone listen to him? This is filmed uh, in my hometown. I think it captures a snapshot of military bravado that exists existed in those places. There was a lot of manufacturing conflict and heroism, and Top Gun is propaganda for that. Watching it now, Iceman was correct. My bestie and I saw this movie a lot pre-Gulf War. It was made for us, two teen girls from military families surrounded by testosterone military culture. It definitely changed for me when people left Iraq. Steve McCurry's photos of Kuwait oil fields disrupted this propaganda for me. And finally, from uh, Duncan on Facebook, it's an American propaganda film designed to recruit young men into the Air Force, Navy, and less specifically the Army. It's designed to make killing and war look fun and exciting to young men. It is a lie. Now, there was a hint of that starting an argument on Facebook uh, where someone called him out for saying, how, how come you've put the Navy second when this is about the Navy? He didn't say, I'm Canadian. I'm not sure which is which. so it wasn't a a dig at anything but people are allowed their own opinions that is fine did this movie make you want to enlist is what i'm asking (laughs) (laughs) um it did not but it did make me say oh come on a couple of times right um so i'm 99 percent sure that you can't just quit the navy (laughs) like that's not a thing that's allowed Mm. (laughs) If you just quit the Navy, you go AWOL and then you get court-martialed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that that was interesting. So they definitely made it seem... Um, so that's Cougar at the beginning. Yeah. Well, Cougar? and they were also going to let Maverick quit. Hmm. 
Like, he I, didn't even have to graduate. He was like, if you want to quit, you quit. I'm like, no, that's not a thing in the Army or, sorry, the Navy, the military. That's yeah. not a thing. <laughs> I'm assuming it's particularly they're giving up their function as a pilot. Not necessarily qu- quitting being in the Navy, but you can't force someone to go flying if they're not in it. I'm pretty sure the military can do whatever it wants. You wouldn't say here's a $30 million plane. Like, <laughs> I, I know you're not confident. I know you're really shaky. Go have a go. Right. I mean, that's kind of what they do to Maverick at the end, though. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Absolutely. Like, that's oh, taxpayers' money. <laughs> yeah. It just it struck me as being very... Um, I think I said to you the other day, this was the least military military film I've ever seen. Mm. Because there was... I mean, when you think of the military, at least the American military, you think of boot camp. You think of very rigid, strict routines. You think of um, procedures and policies, like you have to have your hair cut a certain way. Like women, your hair can't touch your collar. You have all of these very, very specific rules that you have to follow. Mm. There were no rules in this movie. No. Zero rules in this movie, except you don't engage first. Mm. That was it. Okay. Um, does that make you think it's more or less likely to that it, it is trying to be that sort of advertising marketing for young men? Oh, no, I absolutely think it is trying to be advertising and marketing. Mm. It, it didn't occur to me really just because I don't think of movies that way. But when I was reading, um, it turns out that the Department of Justice actually – funded part of this movie yeah, and like gave them actual fighter jets to film with at a very, very discounted rate, which was how they did it on, what was it? A $15 million budget. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And then the Navy actually set up recruitment tables outside of movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yep. <laughs> it is a lie people. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that is not what the Navy is like. <laughs> no, and and the fact it is this very, even the the aspect. So as Duncan said, you know, it makes killing and war look fun. It makes it look easy and distant, and you don't have to deal with it. Well, right, especially since they they did. Um, this is going to sound weird, but they did a really good job of distancing the characters and the story of the characters and the video game esque fighter jets. Mm-hmm. And it was very video game-esque, even, like, the way they filmed it, like, giving you that first-person point of view sometimes out of the windshield of the fighter mm-hmm. jet to having the enemies be unidentified. All we got was whenever they did show us the inside of the cockpit of the hostile fighter jets, you know, you couldn't see their faces and they were all in black. And so that's how we knew, oh, that's the bad guy. You know, it it was very, um, there was, there was no incentive. There were no identifying marks. And so with the, the fighting part, there was nothing to be invested in. And so they just made it look like fun. Mm. And it, it's very, it's very deceptive considering that the, the U.S. government approved it. Yeah. And particularly the Navy, where potentially they are out at sea for very long periods. It's a lot of confinement, it's, uh, and you have to follow those routines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. We see none of that. We see them shuttle back and forth, have some, uh, uh, what's the word, sorties in their planes, and then go home back onto uh, back onto the coast and ride a motorcycle around. <laughs> right. Mm. 
and play some beach volleyball. Yeah. Oh, we're coming to the volleyball. Okay. Don't worry. Right. Um, so then we're going to come to what it's really about. Again, I asked a question, you know, what, what do we think this film is about? What are we supposed to take away from it? When we have people like Jan and Jen being so smart in a single sentence or two, and I'm going to take an hour to try and sum up this film. <laughs> right. Um, at JLMO, it's about planes. Take away, planes are fun, but dangerous. And at Generosity, it's basically like a sports movie where the sport is flying military planes and the consequences are death. And the star athlete has to learn that and grow up. And like most sports movies, there also has to be scenes with sweaty men, competitive banter, and a romance. That is spot on. Absolutely, 100%. Like, yeah, I could not sum that up any better. To the extent, even reading that, I think, yeah, that opening scene, you could basically have Cougar singing, get your head in the game. I told you, it's a Disney Channel original movie. You know, it is, isn't it? It is. <laughs> um, we had uh, our friend Josie at Josbot7. If I feel like if you don't like Tom Cruise at the end of this film, you can def definitively say you don't like Tom Cruise. I don't like Tom Cruise. Aww. I should probably note that I unapolog unapologetically love this movie, but I probably also just bypass the dudiness for the eye candy factor, because if they're going to dude, I'm going to chick. And it's about dudes trying to be the dudiest dude that ever did dude and discovery that suffering some sort of chick emo moment will divulge that your dude heart is dentable, thus making you win the dude off. <laughs> um, my friends, my friend Simon said the film is about how cool the F-14 is and the need for speed. And uh, my best man, who you've met, and his wife Andrea said that uh, Tom Cruise in aviator sunglasses, before you knew his religious beliefs, iconic music, the great one-liners. Uh, and the best summation is uh, my friend Dom on Twitter, at Quark. It's about braggadocio and the hurt it brings, also known as the fragility of the e male ego with a rocking soundtrack and some ace plane gymnastics. It's ace in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's also fantastic. Like, I wish that we could have taken some of these tweets and put them up in our synopsis section because <laughs> they nailed it so much. And yeah, it's about... These guys having fun, looking cool in the aviator sunglasses and the leather jackets and the motorcycles, and then see how ripped they are playing volleyball. I, I I feel a little bit like this movie made me betray myself because I hate aviator sunglasses. I've right. always hated them. I think they are awful and they look stupid. And then I watched this movie. I said, oh my God. He looks so good in aviators. They all look so good in aviators. What is happening yeah. in my brain right now? I don't get it. <laughs> so like Jazzy said, if they're going to do it, I'm going to chick. Because let me just tell you, between the aviators and the volleyball, I appreciated certain aspects of this movie mm. that you probably didn't. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, I, I can appreciate them. They look really good. <laughs> they really do. We also had a comment on uh, Facebook from Kelly, who said, uh, I didn't see it until I was an adult. My takeaway was Tom Cruise playing beach volleyball in jeans. Hello, chafing. <laughs> Which is kind of fair. I mean, they look really good with their tops off. They got all sweaty and throw things around. And I mean, they play volleyball. And they play volleyball okay. They're not that good at it. Um, but yeah, they are also wearing like what appear to be kind of jean capris, maybe? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny. When I started tweeting that I was watching this movie, all of the responses from everybody included the volleyball scene gifts. Yeah. Like male, female, it didn't matter. Volleyball scene. That's what people remember about this mm. movie. Which is strange because it's about how cool planes are. <laughs> so, did you enjoy the action sequences then? It Did it make the planes look cool and make you go, yeah, we shot that dude out of the air with a missile? Um, no, I think just because the the fighting scenes, the action scenes were done so poorly from the audience perspective that, I mean, sure, I figured out, oh, hey, that plane blew up. That's probably the bad guy. But that's not enough for me to go, yeah, you're going to win, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I did have some predictions at the end of the movie. I knew Maverick was going to freeze up. And then he was going to snap out of it and be all dangerous and save the day. And hey, right. that's exactly what happened. But yeah, the action, this movie is not there to be an action movie. They just want you to think it is. Okay. I mean, yeah, because there's no like fist fighting elements to the action. Does, no. Does anyone actually have a fight like that? No, they don't, do they? No, the closest you get are is Iceman fake biting at Maverick <laughs> in the locker room. <laughs> Which is a fantastic gift, by the way. It's a wonderful moment. It's just so strange. Like, okay. And he doesn't flinch either. So Yeah. I think my note at that point was just, there is so much posturing in this movie. There's way too much testosterone. Mm. (laughs) Okay. So on the portrayal of these characters, it didn't make you emote that much. You didn't think the action was that good. Do you think any, any of the portrayals were good? Do you think anyone actually did a good job in this film? I think the acting overall was good. I mean, for the material that they had, I think they they nailed it. From okay. <laughs> like a like Tom Cruise really did like he emoted emotion. Wow, that's <laughs> <laughs> words are hard. Okay, <laughs> it's early. He did brood a lot of this film. He brooded a lot. He also, you know, he did the whole like tears in your eyes but they don't fall thing. Fabric, what the hell are you doing? Um, you know, Iceman, Val Kilmer did kind of have that perfect balance of overly bravado, but also sensible. Mm. Because I'm sorry, people needed to listen to him. Yeah. Because when he says, I don't like you because you're dangerous, he is 100% absolutely right. Mm. And he is the one who deserved to win the trophy. That's why he is the top gun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think overall, yes, the acting was good enough. I mean, it certainly, well, I don't want to, I guess that can segue into Caitlin's tweet. Because I was going to say it certainly isn't Oscar worthy. Yeah, so we had a tweet from uh, our friend Kate at Inferior Caitlin who said this was supposed to be Tom's big Oscar movie. Isn't that the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? Yes. Uh, no, it's not. This no? is the sort of thing people get nominated for when they have to emote throughout it. Not give nuanced performances that you're not quite sure what's going on with them. This is the thing where they are, I am going to show you all the emotion on my face. I am going to, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio thing. You know exactly what's going on with Leo all the way through his films. 
Um, I honestly, this to me, this is a very much a B movie, and mm. it's it's just a fun. Like you called it trash, and I guess that that's a good descriptor for it. To me, it's fun trash. I like fun trash. Right. Okay. Um, but fun trash is never going to be nominated for an Oscar, and so when I found out this actually was nominated for Oscars, and I think you said it won. For yeah. The song? Yeah, that was it. Like completely <laughs> blew my mind. I I think it might that might have been its own category. Uh awards. Academy Awards best original song. Uh oh, it's nominated for sound effects editing, film editing, sound and original song. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's just a weird. <laughs> it's weird, but I get man, I don't know. Maybe movies were different in the 80s. Mm. Like who are they up against? Maybe that will make me feel better. Maybe they're all trash movies that year. Well, the winners for actor and actress was Paul Newman in The Color of Money and, ah, one of our favorites, Marley Matlin for Children of a Lesser God. Oh, okay. Yeah? She yeah, see, deserves every award she can get for her oh, films. Absolutely. Mm. See, the, but those films, I, well, I haven't seen The Color of Money, but those films are in a completely different class of films than Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, best picture winner was Platoon. Okay. Interesting. Which, yeah. yeah I can understand soldier that. movie. Um, Platoon also won best sound. Aliens won sound effects editing. Uh, As they should have. Well, uh, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home was second. Or was the other nominee. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Not really the kind of movies that you expect to be nominated for Oscars. Aliens won visual effects, which is fine, except one of the nominees was The Little Shop of Horrors. So, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, interesting. The 80s were an odd time in Oscar history Mm. and movie history. So, I'm going to rattle through the last couple of bits of um, comments that we got on Facebook and Twitter and so on. Um, I've pulled out some of the best ones. Uh, Dan on Facebook said that Top Gun is secretly about friendship and volleyball. Yep. Because everyone goes on about the volleyball bit. They do. It was like a two-minute maximum scene, but hmm. that's what you get out of it. Uh, Alicia, my husband told me it's nothing more than erotica, and after that, I can't watch it the same way. Also, the fight in the fight scenes, they repeat themselves. I'm going right, I'm going right. I can't see him, I can't see him. Fight, I've got your big dead ahead. I've got him dead ahead. I got good I got good I got I got Every time. I wonder if that's a thing you're supposed to do, though. Like when he's trying to pull the eject thing and he says, eject, eject, eject. I think it's actually a, you repeat it to make sure the message gets across. You don't want that delay of, I can't see him. Yeah. What did you say? I can't see him. Oh, no, he shot us. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point. Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm making up. Um, Thomas said, according to Tom Cruise, it's about competition. Yeah. I can sure see enough. that's one way of interpreting it. Tom. <laughs> the competition is a tiny little bit of the movie. Mm. Tiny. Well, and if you're Quentin Tarantino, apparently it's a competition for the sexuality of Tom Cruise, which, no, it's not. I watched Thanks, that YouTube clip, which I think we should put in the show notes. It was oh, utterly boy. ridiculous. Yeah. So this is a film. I can't even remember what, which film it's from, but Tom uh, Quentin Tarantino has a cameo in this film where he's at a party talking about Top Gun and about how the plot of the film is actually about the sexuality of Tom Cruise and it's the girl becoming more masculine as the film goes on 
because she knows he's becoming more homosexual, so she has to stop that for reasons. Yeah. It's a, a weird read of this film. Yeah. And finally on Facebook, Brianna, it's the greatest American bromance of all time set to a Kenny Loggins soundtrack. Let me just tell you, I have had Danger Zone stuck in my head for <laughs> days. I had subtitles on whilst watching this. The lyrics of that song make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the actual lyrics of that song. I just know the I, 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 I'm in the danger zone. That's it. I don't know anything else. Heading into Twilight, spreading out her wings tonight, she got you jumping off the track and shoving into overdrive. Highway to the danger zone. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I think Brianna has hit exactly what you took away from this film. <laughs> <laughs> I I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some of that great stuff. The great bromance, the great soundtrack. What were your favorite things from Top Gun? So take my breath away. I love the song. <laughs> I absolutely 100% love the song. And Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey did a cover of the song that I used to listen to on repeat. Oh, bless you. Bless your little heart. I had no idea it was an original song from this movie. And I think it's kind of weird. And I think it didn't fit the tone of the movie. And it was really weird that every single time Charlie and Maverick were together, they started playing the song in the background no matter mm. what they were doing. It was weird. But I love the song, so I had to put it in my favorite section. <laughs> it goes in the thing to me with uh, Time of My Life. Oh, really? It's, it, that sort of song. Like, like, um, well, because from Dirty Dancing, the song is just used all the way through. Mm -hmm. And it's just that song comes on and it is associated with the film. Yeah. And that 80s cheese. See, now Dirty Dancing is not cheesy, but Tom, Top Gun is. <laughs> oh, no, Dirty Dancing is hella cheesy. Oh, no. It is a perfect fairy tale romance. Fight <laughs> sure. me. Um, I also so we've talked about before how Talladega Nights is the movie that made me start enjoying stupid humor. Mm. And there was a line in this movie that instantly reminded me of Talladega Nights. Um, Viper, I think it was Viper who said this. It might have been Jester, but I think it was Viper who said There are no points for second place. And it reminded me of the Talladega Nights line. If you ain't first, you're last. And it just cracked me up. Yeah. And again, Fast and Furious, that first one has the line of... It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is a really good line. <laughs> All of these are great lines. They are. They're good lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was going to talk about the aesthetic of the aviators and beach volleyball, but we've kind of already covered that I'm shallow and accept it. <laughs> See, it's really funny because aviators over here have been uh, a fashion, particularly for young women in their 20s and 30s, of mm -hmm. aviator sunglasses and a kind of, I want to say, chenille top, like a sort of thin vesty thing to wear during the summer. Yeah. Like certainly a couple of summers ago, that was the look around Southern London. <laughs> oh yeah, no that that's been a, a top look here too. Right, it, it has definitely been more common to see women wearing aviators than just mm. men, and and for some reason I've always hated them. I've been averse to them. I don't know why, but this movie definitely changed my mind. Yeah, there, there is a shot of me after a stag weekend w where we would had like jumpsuits and um, helmets because we were like quad biking and stuff, walking along doing the doing the Top Gun look. You can't help it, but when you have that sort of get up on. Exactly. <laughs> the helmet under your arm. Yeah, exactly. Like strutting down the street. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? 
I, I know you think this movie is trash, but there had to be something that you could pull out. Well, I think, like you, you know, some of the performances are pretty good. I, I, I can actually buy into a lot of the characters because of the situation. They're supposed to be these kind of very macho, cocky what's-its. But I do want to call out Michael Ironside. I, I enjoy him in everything he appears in because he plays Michael Ironside so well. <laughs> um, and in this, he does every Michael Ironside thing. He's shouty, he's aggressive, he's really cocky at them because he knows best. But then someone else puts him in his place and then he is still a really good sort of supportive drill sergeant type for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- so this is full of one-liners, pop culture entries, ridiculous hammy dialogue. The best line of the entire thing. We're going to teach you to fly the F-14 right to the edge of the envelope. <laughs> okay. The, the edge of the envelope. <laughs> Fellas, we're going to part the kimono here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. I think that I didn't even notice that line. That's that's the sort of thing that I just sit there, you know, I can't roll my eyes enough at this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, so we also had a couple of examples on Facebook uh, of that sort of dialogue as well. Uh, so one from Sai, uh, who said you're, uh, he quite likes you. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good line. Yeah. Um, and Steve, one of the lecturers from the university, uh, who said that they often in a class environment describe a question with plenty of mark scoring potential. This is what I call a target rich environment. <laughs> Which is great. Steve, yeah. more of that, please. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting that this movie is so iconic, yet there aren't a ton of pop culture references that have come out of it, but the ones that have like, are used everywhere and i think people use them without even knowing they came from top gun yeah well i mean there is a video game series literally called (laughs) i don't think i knew that and i'll be honest with you i'm pretty sure that i have always associated i feel the need the need for speed with fast and furious not top gun (laughs) because i'm familiar with the line but yeah like i didn't know where it came from and Hello, fast speed makes mm-hmm. sense, right? Yeah, but we had all these, you know, we had Josie making a comment about, you know, she can, she always has to say, Because I was inverted. In that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> and lots of things like that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so many little comments, like that, little one-liners. Yeah, well, and I can't just say no to people. I mean, in person, I usually can, but if I if it's in text, in an email, a chat, Twitter, whatever, I can't say no. I have to say, Negative Ghost Rider? Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, I've been doing this for about a decade, and I just watched this movie oh, man, this week. <laughs> don't know why. Excellent. I don't know where it came from. I did know it was from this movie, but I don't know how it ended up in my vernacular. Mm. Well, no now, now you've seen it, finally. Now I've seen it. Good. And am I going to stop saying it? I am not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing I did want to mention, just because we haven't talked about it. Um, we've mentioned Viper a couple of times, but we have not mentioned that Tom Skerritt played Viper. And when I saw Tom Skerritt name in the opening credits, I was very, very excited because I like him a lot and I had no idea he was in it. I'm not sure I've seen him in anything else. Uh, he plays the dad in Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh. And he's well. done other stuff. I just can't. I, I know his face. I don't necessarily follow his work, but I know that whenever I see him in something, I'm going to enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plus, I think he was my first, like, old man crush when I was a kid. Ah, there it is. Now it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the the lineup, the sort of secondary characters. I mean, okay, no. 
Val Kilmer and uh, Tom Cruise are, I, I would say, household names. Tom Cruise, definitely. Val Kilmer, pretty much. But then it's got Tim Robbins in it. It's got Tom Skerritt and Michael Ironside. It's got Adrian Pazdar in it, in, in the mm-hmm. briefest of brief moments. Yeah. But it's got Meg Ryan in it. <laughs> yeah, but this was Meg Ryan before she was, like, really Meg Ryan. Yeah. Whatever happened to Kelly Megalis? Because <laughs> she is not a household name. No, I think she probably was for a couple years after this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw Tim Robbins in the opening credits, but I don't recall seeing him in the movie. He was Cougar's uh, Rio. Oh, okay. That's probably why I didn't notice because he's And I think, is he the one who becomes Maverick's Rio in that final sequence? Yes. No, yes, don't... he is. Yeah. He it's was him. Merlin? Yeah. Really? Mm. Okay. He just—he did not look like Tim Robbins to me. Okay. But okay. Yeah, and and in fact, I've completely missed out. Of course, Anthony Edwards, who yes. would go on to have a very lucrative television career. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't mention him up at the top when you said who the movie was starring. You just said Tom Cruise, uh, Val Kilmer, and Michael Ironside, and I was like, I said a few people there. Well, he's only in half the film. <laughs> That's true. Oh, and can I tell you, I had no idea that Anthony Edwards was Goose. I always thought Val Kilmer was Goose. Okay. <laughs> just, just okay. So all of my knowledge about this movie has just come from hearing people talk about it. Mm. Like I'd never seen a trailer. I'd never seen like really anything about it. I've probably seen like the DVD cover or something. Right. But knowing, I knew that Maverick and Goose were like the two main characters, and so I always just assumed that was Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Like it was shocking to me that that yeah. was not how it was. Val Kilmer was very good in this. He is very good. I like him a lot. He should be Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. Okay. Well, is there anything else that we need to discuss about Top Gun? Uh, Last comments that we got through social media. uh, At Brianna Ahern said, why is there a sequel? Who wants that? So next year, I think Top Gun Maverick is coming out. Uh, Thoughts? So when I saw that, I was like, there's a sequel? What? Why is there a sequel? I've never heard of a sequel. What is happening? And then I Googled it and realized it's a sequel that is currently in production and mm. thought that was ridiculous. See, if it had been a traditional sequel, this came out in 86. If, you know, 88, 89, 90, Top Gun 2 came out and it was just more flights and Kelly McGillis didn't want to be in it. So it's another woman, yeah, typical sequel stuff. I, w- I would have absolutely agreed and gone, yeah, no. But the 22 years later... 32 years later? 32 years later, with with him in the Viper role, and perhaps even having to come back out because something happens and they can't use drones anymore because the military's changed and they need to do something. Like, this is actually not a bad time to do a sequel, I think. We'll see. Am I going to watch it? Yes, because it's Tom Cruise (laughs) doing a B-action movie, and that's my aesthetic, apparently. Hmm. Um, But I still think it's a little bit weird. Like, I'm hoping that, and I know this isn't going to happen because Tom Cruise has that ego that his body can't cash. And and so I, I think he's going to be the focus of the movie, and I think it would be better if he wasn't. Mm, I mean, it's called I Maverick, agree. obviously, he's going to be. But if he took on that mentorship role and there were, like, new people coming in, I think that'd be better. But I suspect that's not what we're going to get. I, I did see a thing that uh, Miles Teller has been cast as Goose's son. Oh, mm. interesting. And we like okay. Miles Teller, so. 
Speaking of Goose's son, can I tell you something that really irritated me about this movie? You can. Maverick took Goose's dog tags, didn't give them to his son, and at the end, threw them in the ocean. And you think they should have gone to the son? I absolutely think they should have gone to his son. Okay. Like, I get why Maverick took them, because he was feeling guilty and it was his best friend. But then he threw them in the ocean, and he should not have done that. I didn't like that. Yeah, I think when I was younger, I always assumed they were his father's dog tags. But yeah, they're gooses, aren't they? Uh, gooses. Yes, and I wonder if that will be part of this new film as well. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and we also had a comment from uh, Aisha on Facebook. Do you have a need, a need for speed? And is it still intimidating to fake bite at your rival Kilmer style? Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah, yeah, I think utterly it is. I'm not sure I would have come away from this... Uh, feeling the need for speed in the same way I do for other films. Like when right. I saw uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, oh, that was a good drive home. Oh, I had a lot of oh, fun I on that bet. drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this film, probably less so. I probably would have gone and played volleyball in my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> All right. Well, if you would like to join the conversation and tell us about your need for speed, you can use the hashtag PC Deprived on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. And you can also leave us a voice message at speakpipe.com slash Eloquent Gushing. You can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at Mandy Kay. And I'm at Matthew Vose. A uh, quick shout out to everyone who gave us feedback for this. Uh, truly appreciated because we weren't entirely sure what the conversation would be. So it's great to have all the comments. Uh, do keep them coming. We're, we're, we always put out something about future films. So keep your eyes open on social media. Pop Culture Deprived is completely funded by our listeners through Patreon. So anything you can give gives access to exclusive content and outtakes and other stuff. And it helps to support the network and develop new shows. If you want to find out more, please go to patreon.com slash eloquentgushing. And keep up to date with the latest news announcements. Go to eloquentgushing.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. We'll be back next week with another episode of Pop Culturally Deprived, where we'll talk about the perks of being a wallflower with Julia Morizawa. Until next time, I'm Andy Kay. And negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing.